Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is the gospel lesson just read, the account of Jesus' circumcision and naming. Well, a Sunday school teacher was trying to give a lesson on sharing. And to make a point, she called on one of the students and he said, Billy, suppose you have a big apple and a small apple. Which apple are you going to give to your brother? And Billy thought for a moment and then said, well, are you talking about my bigger brother or my smaller brother? <laughs> See, depending on the context, big versus small does at times make a difference, right? But we also know that, that small things can also make a difference. And I bring this up because today we had a gospel lesson that I'm sure you noticed was rather short. The shortest gospel lesson assigned for any Sunday within the church here. Just, just one verse. And the focus of this verse is on Jesus' circumcision and his naming. And again, the circumcision at first doesn't seem that significant. And yet we also understand that there's no aspect of Jesus' life that is insignificant. So that we know just from that fact that this verse does indeed have meaning. It has purpose. It has meaning and purpose for you and me this morning. And that's what we're going to examine this morning. We're going to look at this circumcision of our Lord and be reminded that the circumcision involves a command. But the circumcision also involves a promise. And so that's where we're going today. But, but to understand what is taking place with our Lord, we have to remember what happened or the background to circumcision. That circumcision was a command given to Abraham that, that he was to be circumcised. This is part of the covenant that God makes with Abraham. That he and the males in his household were to be circumcised. And then thereafter, every male born, eight days, the seventh day, eighth day after his birth, he is to be circumcised. And so this was to mark the one being circumcised as part of the covenant. A part of the covenant that God had given. That they belonged to God and his promise. But as time went on, it also became a sign of the fact that someone circumcised was underneath the whole law given to Moses. Because we have here the, the giving of circumcision in the time of Abraham. But later the law is given. And even within this law, our Lord tells us the importance of circumcision, that no one could participate in the Passover unless they were circumcised. So it becomes a command. It becomes a command that, that the people viewed. And a Gentile man who wanted to become part of the family of God, his entrance right was circumcision. And when he was circumcised, he was saying that he was going to take the whole law upon himself. So that's the view of circumcision as we see the text play out today. But Jesus' circumcision has a special meaning. He was also being placed under the law, but, but differently. All those circumcised before were placed under the law, given the obligation of the law, but were not able to keep that obligation. They all failed. Because none of us can keep the law, none at that time and none in our time. And that's why the sacrificial system was so important. Because it was when they brought the sacrifices that the forgiveness was indeed seen. That was available by God. But Jesus coming to be circumcised has a little different idea. Jesus was indeed, like all else, taking the law upon himself. But he's doing it so that he could keep it. He was going to do what no one else could. He was going to keep the law. And in that way, he would need no sacrifice. But also in that way, 
he could become the sacrifice. And so we see Jesus beginning to keep the law as he is circumcised. And as we see Jesus' obedience, isn't it a stark contrast to our disobedience? Jesus' obedience starts even as an infant as he's circumcised. Our disobedience starts even as an infant because we're born sinful. And it doesn't take us long to show that out in our actions, right? And as we grow and develop, you don't really have to teach a child how to misbehave. It really comes quite naturally. Our our sinful nature affects everything that we do, everything we say, everything we speak, everything we think. It affects our whole aspect of life. And it's because we are sinners that we show sinful actions, words, and deeds. And we see how prevalent of our lives, and we take one aspect I'd like to consider this morning, and that's that aspect of forgiveness. Our Lord has made it clear we are to forgive. Especially as children of God who have been forgiven, God commands us to forgive others. How easy is that for you to do? How easy is it to say, I forgive you? How easy is it to forgive? It's difficult, is it not? Because our sinful human nature wants to cling to our righteous anger, wants to cling to, to our idea that, that we are in the right, to hold on to our grudge. Our sinful nature wants justice that fills our eyes. Our sinful nature wants the other person to demonstrate they're worthy of our forgiveness before we forgive. Forgiveness is very difficult. Even though we know this is God's command, even though we have received it, does this not demonstrate how sinful nature has corrupted even our heart? That that we can't let go of certain things, certain hurts, It demonstrates that that, that that sinful nature just wants to grab hold for all it's worth. And this is why we need more than a command. We need a promise. And so when we look at Jesus being circumcised, we are not only to be reminded of all the commands that we are to keep but fail to keep, we are to be reminded of the promise that's attached to this event. Because when we look at the circumcision, it's not only a circumcision, It's a naming. Because that's what would take place. That the circumcision would take place and the child would be named at the very same time. And if you go back to the very beginning, you recall that the circumcision was given to Abraham long before the law was established. Circumcision was given to Abraham in connection to what? A covenant. A covenant based on God and his action. Really, it was given in connection with a promise that God had chosen Abraham and said, I will bless you and I will make you a great nation. And through you, all the nations of the world will be blessed. There's a promise there. So the circumcision wasn't just a reminder that they are to keep the law, but the circumcision was a reminder that they were marked as people belonging to the promise. That the promise given to Abraham was their promise. The promise of God's presence, the promise of God's peace, and the promise of God's salvation. That's what's connected to the circumcision. And we see it most clearly at Jesus' own circumcision. Because not only is he circumcised, but he's named. And what name is he given? Jesus. As Luke reminds us, the name given by the angel. The name Jesus, which means he saves. And so we begin to see the connection here. That that Jesus is being circumcised and it's pointing forward to the salvation that he would bring about. That he would indeed save the world. And it's not a significant, insignificant that at the circumcision Jesus was cut and he bled. 
Was this not a pointing forward to what would take place on the cross? How this salvation would take place? That the saving would take place by Jesus' sacrifice. That, that this is what he came to do. He came to bring salvation, but it would come at a cost. And so Jesus did fulfill his name. He fulfilled the name of Savior by keeping the law that we could not keep. And having done that, he could take our place on the cross and receive the penalty that we deserved. And he spilled the blood of his life onto the cross. He died so that we would be spared God's death and judgment. And he also rose so that we would be given the promise of life. Jesus did it by rising, by conquering sin and death, all pointed to, even as an infant. And so we see Jesus' obedience. We see Jesus' promise. And for you and for me, this all comes together at our baptism. You see, Jesus' obedience is our obedience. When we were united with Christ in baptism, he was giving us all that is his, he gives to us, including his obedience. We are forgiven our sins, and when the Lord looks upon you, he sees not a disobedient child, but a pure and holy and obedient child. He's kept the law in your place. He could do what you could not do. Keep that in mind when you struggle with your forgiveness. The Lord does what you cannot do. Because often we look at when that command God gives us to forgive, we want to forgive, we struggle to forgive, we stop to let things go. And so we turn to the Lord. And what does the Lord do? He forgives. He forgives for you. And he forgives you. He has the ability to forgive. Even those that we struggle to forgive, he forgives he keeps the act of obedience on your behalf. And so we are to turn to him in our struggle and know that he does what we cannot do. And while he does it, he continues to work upon our heart to change it. To fill it in line with his loving, forgiving heart. And so his obedience is our obedience, but his promise is our promise. In baptism, we bear the name of Jesus. We are forgiven. The promise that not only would he forgive, but he would also be with us. And Paul talks about that in baptism, that we are united with Christ in our baptism. We belong to him. That brings to mind the name that we heard last week and throughout the Christmas season, Emmanuel, God with us. In our baptism, Jesus is indeed with us. We are united with him to lead and to guide as I mentioned at the beginning of the sermon, the gospel lesson may be short, but it is truly powerful. And it's really a great verse for us to begin a new year. As we hear this verse again, we are reminded that Jesus' name means he saves. And keep in mind, as we stand here on the first day of 2023, you have been saved. And if you've been saved, you've been cleansed. All the baggage you bring with you from 2022 it's washed away. It's cleansed. The beauty of the gospel is that it's a new beginning. Every day is a new beginning. Every year is a new beginning. When we begin in the name of our Lord, you are clean, you are holy, you are fresh, and you are with the Lord. And the Lord goes with you this year. Whatever this year brings, he is there. He is as your Savior and also as the one who blesses you with what you need. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guide our hearts and minds to true faith to life everlasting. Amen.